Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Alongside Podcast, which is a production of Heritage Baptist Church. The purpose of this podcast is to come alongside other followers of Christ in order to have thoughtful conversations about the gospel, culture, and the church. I'm your host, Mike Crump, one of the pastors here at Heritage, and today I welcome Pastor Nathan Fox to the microphone. Nathan is pastor of student ministries here at Heritage and also a connoisseur of books and candies. Yeah, it just <laughs> was what it is. And of course, when he is not sampling the confections of Fresh Market or throwing pizza parties all day long at the youth, uh, he is caring for his wife, Ashley, his son, Landon, and waiting on a new baby yeah. very, very soon. A couple so, weeks away. Nathan, welcome to the Alongside Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So when is the baby due? May 30th is the due date, May but 30th. it's any time right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So we've got our bags packed, well, <laughs> somewhat, Yeah, ready to go. and uh, That's exciting. Yeah, just exciting for this next stage of life. Boy, girl? Boy. Boy, yeah, okay, so another boy. Fantastic. Two boys in the house, going to have yeah, quite, <laughs> It's going to be a great time. Quite an adventure in the next So, So what, what is the thing you're, you're most maybe anxious or excited about as uh, having two kids in the house? Um, well, some of it's the timing of having a kid right before summer ministry mm-hmm. where youth ministry, that's where we're busiest. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like summer camp, summer yep. mission trip stuff. Yep. So not that I think you can ever really plan the timing of it, but, yeah. um, that is a challenge, uh, on the home front mm-hmm. side of things is just figuring out the dynamics of, you know, two kids and watching them interact. You know, our son Landon, two mm-hmm. and a half, has been by himself getting all of our attention. Yep, and so now yep. figuring out how to dole out our love to two <laughs> separate individuals and, uh, yeah. yeah, dealing with that. So right. we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's a, it definitely is an exciting thing. I mean, at least, you know, you can play man to man at that point, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah. it's, it's when you kind of go beyond that that it's <laughs> like, well, we'll do a zone, but we'll see how that works. <laughs> I like so, that you're speaking my best. Well, I, I'm trying to. You know, not being a super sports guy, I know a few things. So it makes I'm, me feel more comfortable. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. Well, to start us off, uh, I would really like to hear, uh, and, and having the pastors in, it's been great to hear basically where they started with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so let's just go back to the beginning of, uh, you know, where did you grow up? How did you come to know Christ as mm-hmm. your Savior? So I grew up North Carolina, uh, so I'm a Tar Heel boy through and through. Yeah, we won't hold that against you. That's right. <laughs> so I grew up in North Carolina, and uh, my parents are strong believers. Even to this day, I look at my, my mom and my dad as examples mm. of imperfect people who love the Lord, and uh, we had that in our home. Grew up in church. Mm-hmm. My family was always active and involved in church, so I was around the Bible. I was around the church. I knew a lot about Scripture. Yeah. Uh, just from the intake at home and the intake at church. Mm -hmm. Um, Did a lot of good moral things, uh, even all the way through middle school. It was about the high school time where I started to really go my own way. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I was a believer. I knew a lot about the Bible, but I kind of went and ran my own direction in life. And uh, to make a very long story short, um, just found myself in a place of brokenness, desperation, uh, middle of an eating disorder, mm-hmm. uh, addicted to, you know, things on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just found myself in a place by the time my senior year had rolled around of this, my life has to be more than this. Like yeah. I just, all these things that I'm running after that I'm pursuing are just not working out for me. 
I just found uh, my life was at a kind of a crossroads yeah. um, my senior year. And it was, and I, I love sharing this aspect of my testimony. There was nothing significant that like prompted me to run to Christ except just looking at the desperation of where my life mm. was headed and, and the direction of where I was going. Yeah. And so one April night, and I again, can't explain why I did this. I just picked up my Bible, a book that I had abandoned for probably two or three years. Wow. I, I didn't touch it, didn't look at it, yeah. didn't inspect it, but I just picked up the Bible. And I think that that was the Holy Spirit actually, now that I look at it, working in me yeah. and yeah. on me at that point. And I, and I opened it up and I began to read those Awana verses that I had learned <laughs> as a kid, those verses I learned in youth group. And I, and, and it was at that point, I think it was like the Holy Spirit illuminating mm. uh, and, and allowing me to see Christ as he was and my need for for him. And it was that night that I, again, on my own in my room at yeah. like 11 o'clock at night, uh, I, I I repented of sin and bowed my, my life to Christ. And Wonderful. yeah, nothing has been the same <laughs> since. <laughs> and you were how old at that point? I was 17. 17, yep. okay. What's interesting, and, and I appreciate you you bring this up, and even just uh, the goodness of God in in that. I think for a lot of parents, you know, who come to church and maybe they're just not sure what's going on. Um, I have a similar story in that all those things that I learned growing up, even though I was not saved, I had not mm-hmm. confessed Christ um, yeah. truly. They all came to bear on my life when right. that moment happened, right. and um, and so I think that's you know. You, you speak of Awana, you know, and, and a lot of times parents will send their kids and they're memorizing stuff and they're like, is this really taking hold? Well, God is faithful. Right. And I think there's a, a great joy in that um, and great confidence in mm-hmm. that as well. Um, so you're 17, you trust in Christ, mm-hmm. and what what's next for you? I mean, how do you, you know, how, how are you growing? Who was the influence in your life in helping disciple you? Yeah, so at that point, being a senior in high school, I already made plans to go to NC State mm-hmm. to study to be, I wanted to work with animals to, okay. be a, to be a vet. And so I was already accepted there. I was headed there and went to NC State for about a year mm-hmm. and still being a baby in the faith, um, there were still some things in my past, the eating disorder I was still struggling with. Yeah. Um, but I got to school and I began to seek out believers, mm-hmm. which I never would have done prior to Christ. But yeah. that was like, I knew I needed this at NC State. So I, I found a good campus community. I found a good group of believers around me who invested into, poured into me, mm-hmm. um, just really understood better what Christian community on my own looked like. Yeah. Uh, didn't stay at NC State. God had different plans. Came back home um, and really got involved in ministry at my home church. And that was really, maybe we'll talk more about this here shortly, but it was really where ministry actually became like, oh, I, I really think God's pulling me in this direction to work vocationally yeah. as a, again, never would have thought that like even two years prior to that, never yeah. would have thought, yeah. you know, ministry was and, on my, well, animals and humans are a little bit different, <laughs> you know, so, you know, that. Well, <laughs> yeah. a little bit different. Well, let, let's jump into that. So how, how did you go from, I'm interested in, you know, being a vet or, or caring mm-hmm. for animals. How did you make that transition? What was it that really just uh, maybe the Lord used to? Yeah. So oh. I, when I was at NC State, I I did well. It, it wasn't that I that I was struggling with the classes. It was just not, I think you kind of know, like, yeah. I, I just don't know that I'm as passionate about this as I need to be if I'm going to do this professionally. Yeah. 
And, and so instead of like just searching around at NC State, like what degree do I want to pursue? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to my parents, you know, let's have you come home, do community college for a year. Um, you know, it's cheaper. Yep. It's, you know, you're home. Um, you can live here at our house for a year. And, and as I look back on that, where it seemed to be a very logical and wise decision, I actually think that that was God drawing me back home mm. where that was the opportunity where that year while I was doing community college, my home pastor approached me and asked me what I consider. And I don't know why he did this, yeah. but asked me if I would be interested in interning like with children's ministry. Mm. So my first job actually was with little kids, nice. like elementary nice. age. So yeah. Yeah, I see God really had just worked, kind of opened that door. Yeah. And, uh, and so just gi- giving you a taste of what yeah. ministry is, what that full-time vocational ministry looks like. Yeah. So how do you go from kids, working with kids, <laughs> to now being very passionate about student ministries? What, what kind of led you into that area? Yeah, so uh, again, working with kids back home, I, I knew ministry at that point. I, God was stirring up in my heart that vocational ministry was what he was leading me into. And so mm-hmm. my senior pastor and youth pastor were uh, alumni from Liberty. Okay. So they pushed me in the direction of Lynchburg, Virginia, yeah. and I came to Liberty. And actually, my first semester of classes, I took a children's ministry class, a youth ministry class, and a pastoral leadership class to trying to figure out yeah. what area of church um, ministry would I want to work in, what's I most passionate about. And it was that first week of youth ministry class. Um, my, I still remember my professor was giving the statistics on youth ministry mm. and the, the direction of youth culture and where yeah. things were headed. And that was really um, something I think God used to prick my heart in mm-hmm. the moment. And not that I abandoned my, I still love children's ministry. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of it now and want to promote it now. But that was really where I think God drew me into the direction of working with teens yeah. and, and having that passion. So what I'm hearing is that it was, you heard that pizza parties were a big part of <laughs> ministry and I students. I love pizza parties. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that we, we joke about the pizza stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, just because there's kind of like this, this mindset that, well, that's all that, you know, student ministry says mm-hmm. is you throw some pizzas out there and you read some scripture and then, then you're done. But um, I appreciate your heart for students in that uh, it's not just about a good time, though mm-hmm. those are elements of it. Right. Um, but when you, when you focus on student ministries, what is your primary goal as a student ministries pastor? Yeah, the primary goal uh, that I have in, in all areas of my life or that I want to have is to glorify Christ. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor, what that looks like for me is opening up the Word of God and proclaiming it truthfully mm. and boldly and, and passionately. Yeah. Um, and then modeling it, living it out in front of the teens, uh, encouraging the leaders, the small group leaders that we have to do the same. Like mm-hmm. that's a that is my number one passion. Of course, we want to have community, and I think that's where events yep. that we have, the fun parties, the activities that we do are purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wouldn't be a pastor uh, doing my job well, and certainly not to the degree where Christ would be pleased, God would be pleased with my work if I did not open up Scripture and talk about some of the tougher things through yeah. the lens and the filter of what the Word of God has to say. Yeah, and that's one thing, I, again, I, I just appreciate about you, about your your team, is that you're not fearful of hitting those those <laughs> very controversial and important conversations mm-hmm. um, and, and helping the kids to filter them through that lens. I mean, you, 
what kind of, and, and we'll just throw this out there, what are some of the top things are the students currently wrestling with that you're in these yeah. conversations? Yeah, so actually uh, going into this summer, I, I asked the students to write out a list of questions. Um, I don't do this always, mm-hmm. don't do this often even, but there are some times where I'll ask the students, write out a question yeah. that you have about the Bible, that you have about culture and society. Let me take those questions that you're asking. Let me build a series. Yeah. And, and so this entire summer I took those questions and really the, the questions that I saw commonly coming up were questions on sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, questions on the trustworthiness of scripture, mm. questions on how do I know I'm saved, uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And, and so since these are questions that students are asking and they deal with you know, scripture and humanity and God. And and like, I think the Bible has a lot to say on all of these things. So my goal is to take those questions that teens are asking Mm -hmm. by and large and bring that back to the word of God and say, well, what does scripture say about this particular question that you're asking to where, again, Christ is glorified by the preaching of the word, um, but teens are also edified and more armed with how do we handle these cultural you know, conundrums that yeah. we seem to find ourselves in almost every day, questions that are being asked. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, we, we can't ignore these things that, cause they're surrounding us. They're part of culture. They're the right. air we breathe in many ways. Right. Um, and so it's important to really, especially as teenagers, you know, I've got a couple of them of my own mm-hmm. and, um, and they're thinking about these things, whether we like yeah. it or not, right. they're thinking about it. And so being focused on sharing about that. And, and I greatly appreciate that. Now, you're not alone in what you do. You have a great team there yeah. in student ministries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's awesome how you have poured it into that team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's out there, maybe they're interested in maybe being even a part of student ministries, maybe volunteering, saying what kind of things are you looking for people, volunteers, to be part of? What does that look like? Uh, so our primary volunteer volunteer need is small group leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday nights that we have throughout the school year, we have small group leaders and they come in, and I got about fifty-five-ish okay. uh, individuals that I, I look for to be small group leaders. Um, so that's our primary volunteer area. But mm-hmm. we also do have events that we put on, activities that we put on. So if you're like, I couldn't commit every week yeah. to being a small group leader, but I would still love to serve. Uh, there, there are um, lesser time commitments, though not lesser in importance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that we could certainly look at and creatively put people into places where they can best serve and be poured into while they're also pouring into the lives of students. So that's um, kind of where our volunteer okay. needs primarily exist. Excellent, excellent. If anybody's interested, you can go to uh, com and you can find volunteer and uh, sign yeah. up there. Yeah. Um, you are an avid reader. <laughs> it, it's another thing that I, I, I'm very, you know— um, kind of jealous about because I, I'm just, I'm not as much of an avid reader, but I love hearing your feedback about books and have picked up several books that you have recommended. Um, what book, just looking back as we hear your story, what book oh, man. <laughs> over your life, and maybe there's a couple of them that, that have just pl- played an important role in your discipleship? I wasn't ready for this question. Nah, well, I figured, you know, I, I got to <laughs> stump you at some point. <laughs> um... And you I, can't say the Bible. Well, that would be, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I hope that'd be a given. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have really learned to appreciate uh, J.C. Ryle, mm-hmm. um, wrote in the 1800s, so 
long dead. Yeah. Uh, but he has written a couple of books, one specifically uh, called Holiness. Mm-hmm. And I, I read that one last year. So that's still kind of a fresh one in my mind. Mm-hmm. But it, it was one of is a 400 or so page book. Oh, wow. So by no means a light read. And um, But he really just does a great job of, of explaining the, the Christian life mm-hmm. and, and what it is to look like to walk a holy life and, and the work of God and the the responsibility that you have as a believer. And so I remember reading that and just being captivated mm. by that book and just um, taking the words of a man that God was using then and mm-hmm. you know saying, what does this look like in my own life, applying it to my own life? So that's J.C. Ryle's Holiness book. Um, I really appreciate that one. Um, just got done with Gentle and Lowly earlier yeah. this year, uh, Dane Ortland, uh, which book. I really appreciated his perspective on the heart of Christ. Yep. Um, I think it's one of those books that it, it, it's an encouraging book. Yes. And, yes. and I really appreciated that. So there's just a couple yeah. of, of many that I have on my bookshelf that I would recommend. Now you recently on your Facebook, you promoted another one called Surviving Religion 101. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and um, I just was captivated by the title. I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. um, but you, you just recently, I guess, read it and mm-hmm. promoted What's that one about? Yeah, so shout out to Ben Forrest okay. uh, for okay. pushing me in that direction. He he actually sent it to me uh, as kind of a, well, if the seniors don't have a book mm-hmm. uh, when they graduate this year, here's one that I, I've just read and I would encourage you to read. So he passed it on my direction and I read it. And really it's, it, it's answering some of those tougher apologetic questions. Mm. Uh, it's written from a, a father's perspective, his daughter goes off to, I think it's actually UNC, Chapel Hill, yeah. and secular school, secular environment, different yeah. professors, different beliefs, and, and really answering some of those tougher questions about, again, the trustworthiness of scripture, mm-hmm. uh, different faiths, what they believe, uh, sexuality, mm-hmm. uh, just a lot of these cultural questions that are being asked and lobbed around. So really just uh, trying to build up his daughter's mm-hmm. faith as he's writing to her. And, and really, we've actually now added that to our senior list. So that's a book that Excellent. the seniors are going to get this year as well as they step out to whatever yeah. uh, direction God has for them. Excellent. And now you're on the precipice of a graduating class. Yeah. There, you yeah. know, you were just telling how your hand is cramping from writing and that's books right. and stuff like that. So right. uh, that's really cool. Um, for those parents who maybe they're, they're not there yet, but they're close. What kind of encouragement or um, even admonition towards preparing your kid for that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've got a 13-year-old. He's going into high school this coming year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of thing for a parent like that who's looking at this, and I've got four years, i got three years, maybe even a couple years. I don't know if I'm preparing my kid for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What would be just some general advice that you would give um, for them? Yeah, I, I think one of the big ones, and, and this is another book that I read that Pastor Kent has been promoting, Engaging Your your Teen's World, yeah. and, and yeah. the necessity of having conversations with your child, uh, whether at a young age, which I would encourage parents listening yeah. to this, like start at a young age, having significant conversations, appropriate conversations with them. It, if you're talking about the context of a teen, um, I think asking questions mm. and, and listening to them. Uh, so the things that they see in our society, like like, I don't think that we run from those yeah. conversations. I, I think that we embrace those conversations because better for your teen to learn and to converse with you than to learn elsewhere. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, 
So asking questions of, okay, you just saw this on TV. You just saw this in a movie. You mm-hmm. just saw this. We, we walked in the mall and this was yeah, an advertisement yeah. that you just saw. Yeah. And, and your teen may resist that and say, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. But, <laughs> but I think if you continually ask those questions and then listen and yeah. actually listen, not with a stock answer that you have mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, but actually listen to what they say in their heart, uh, I think that you begin to build that conversation to where conversation begins to flow over time more naturally. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of my encouragements that I have for parents looking to, am I preparing my kid? Yeah. Well, I think you just ask them their heart and yeah. let them share with you. And Lord willing, over time, God will continue to refine them as he's using you as a parent mm. uh, to, to speak into their lives. Yeah, I think that's very good. Um, I found that uh, even in our own household, um, those conversations, and, and often they come not when you're expecting right, them, right. Um, but we do use the media or the situations we're in as catalysts for those conversations. And I I would just add one other thing to that. And is that is be mindful of, be mindful of how you respond to even their genuine comments or questions Mm -hmm. that come from that. Um, I think as parents, we have to be careful not to overreact or even in our face, because that can shut down a child from, being very honest right and we do want to see their heart and we want to right. have those conversations so uh, greatly appreciate that Nathan um, so thinking about your your time in, in student ministries here mm-hmm. what would you say is probably your favorite part about what you do um, favorite part is I love to see teens grow mm. like I and that's probably part of my frustrating part, which you may ask this here right after this question, but um, you don't always see the growth right yeah. away. It's that slow maturation at times, and some students slower than others, yeah. it seems. But uh, to see a 12th grader graduate, and you remember kind of where they were as a 7th grader, mm. and, and and you see the hand of God working in their life, you see just the, the maturation, the growth, um, where they get things that yeah. they didn't get, and they're just more ready uh, to to tackle what God has next for them. Mm-hmm. That's what gets me excited as a youth pastor. That's what keeps me in the game. Yeah. I've told the teens many times is just to watch them grow. Mm. Um, I really get the most joy out of my job when when that occurs. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, as you were just alluding to, you know, what what is the most difficult part of what you do? So yeah. When you love teens or when you just love the people that you work with and your heart is for them and you're as excited when they grow and you're as excited when you see steps of progression, uh, it crushes you Mm. a a little bit. Um, On the other side, to see teens, not that I'm expecting perfect teens to be in our youth group, but when you see teens going in a trajectory that, again, from personal experience, like I know yeah. where this is headed. I know what this is going to lead to. I know the, the direction that your life is going if you continue down this path. Mm-hmm. And to see teens, again, they make their own choices. Yeah. Um, when they make choices and they're heading in, tra- in a trajectory that's not good for them, that's the hardest part for me as a youth pastor. I can speak truth, but I can't be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so I have to recognize my limitations as, as a youth pastor. And so that's one hard part. Another hard part is... Um, culture is changing yeah. very quickly, very fast. And you feel like you've figured something out and you turn, <laughs> you blink. And uh, here's another thing that you have to, yeah. to speak to and speak into. Yeah. Um, so how, yeah. how do you, and, and this kind of dovetails with that, uh, how do you keep up with 
those trends, the social media aspects, the changes of technology? Um, I mean, or do you? I mean, maybe it's one of those things where it's you, you focus on the primaries, but you yeah can't keep um, up with. I don't see you doing a TikTok, which I'm really kind of concerned. But you know, yeah, I do not have that social media platform. I'm not actually that social media savvy. My uh-huh. wife is uh, kind of my uh, help when gotcha. it comes to social media. I think that it's there. There has to be a balance. You can't be so preoccupied with everything in the culture, mm-hmm. uh, because your head's constantly going to be turning this direction, that direction. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be all over the place. Um, I think you continue to speak the old truths of Scripture, mm. because the Word of God is sufficient not only for when it was written, but for now. Amen. So everything that's going to come up, God has already, in His infinite understanding of what was going to happen in His world, has already given us what we need to handle. The, the movements of today. So, yes, you need to know what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't react to well, this is happening, so I have to build an entire lesson here, yeah. um, and I'm constantly going back and forth just looking for the new thing to speak. Like, the Word of God is sufficient. Yeah. And, and so focusing on that in the midst of a very changing climate um, hopefully keeps us focused as a youth ministry. Amen. Final thing. Um, well, not final. I've got uh, something special here in just a moment, but um, how can people be praying for you and for student ministries? Yeah, so uh, for me personally, just, um, you know, new child on the way, so that's going to be a a different adjustment, a new rhythm uh, Mm -hmm. for Ashley and I, um, for our marriage, for our parenting. Um, Yeah, we we greatly appreciate and sincerely do appreciate prayers uh, for that, for the youth ministry. As we go into the summer months, we're heading into camp season. We're heading into our, our local mission trip, which yeah. shout out to VBS. We're nice. excited yeah. about that. Um, and, and those are great opportunities uh, for God to really move uh, in, in the lives of individual students and really to collectively bring our youth group tighter mm. and together in community. So those are the things I pray for. So yeah. if I were to ask for prayer uh, for our students, uh, that would be something that I would petition prayer for from from anybody who would be listening to this okay fantastic and i would encourage those who are listening please make a note of that and uh be be in prayer for nathan be in prayer for uh, his team and for the students as well you know Mm -hmm. just hearing your story and even just the confession that you you see kids and how they've you know the spirit has awoken them to christ and they have Mm -hmm. walked after just pray for that to happen in, in a mighty way so on a uh, last note, I, um, I've got this deck of cards here, and uh, it's got random questions. Okay. Uh, I don't know what they are. Um, I've already gotten Pastor Ben and Pastor Mike Morricon with them. Um, it's been quite interesting. So I've got. A, I'm just gonna. They're just. They could be dumb. They could be more philosophical. I don't know. Great. So this this is for you. So your question is, what book belongs on everyone's bookshelf? Man, that was a. You got. You already answered some Should of I that. Should I answer a different question? You, you, yeah, let, let's do that because you, you're the book guy. So let's do something different here. <laughs> if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, oh, which no. ones would you keep? All but three. All but three. Man, you're, this is the crazy part. About, even though I'm a youth pastor, mm-hmm. I am the most like technologically <laughs> illiterate guy. Uh, three apps that I use most commonly. Yeah. Um, Facebook helps okay. me keep up with parents and students and family yep. Instagram that's where the students are yep. so yep. I have to have my my presence I have to be an influencer you as do. they say 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see that influence, you know, page skyrocket. Third app that I really appreciate. I love Spotify. Uh-huh. Um, I, I When I'm working out or working outside in the yard, I, I love to listen to music, mm-hmm. uh, worship music, which is kind of crazy. You know, people listen to music to pump them up when they're working out at the gym. Yeah. I listen to, like, worship music. <laughs> so I really appreciate Spotify and just the um, the opportunity to worship the Lord with just the yeah. mundane activities of my day, I can still you know have a focus on him. So those two social media platforms and Spotify probably be the three that yeah. I keep quickest on okay. my phone. All right. So. Glad to hear you're not keeping your email app on there. Because that, that way you won't be distracted. Thing? Yeah. Is that, is, that, is that an app? <laughs> well, I guess I'd keep that. Well, no. It, it, ben and I had the conversation about email and how it's the bane of all existence. So, you know, I figured, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably a good thing. Well, Nathan, thank you so much yeah, for well, uh, thank you. joining me today. It's a joy to hear your heart for ministry and uh, what God has done in your life personally as well. Uh, again, I just encourage everyone to uh, be in prayer for Nathan, be in prayer for Ashley, especially as they have a new one on the way and as they continue to lead uh, many youth um, in, here at Heritage. Well, this has been another episode of the Alongside podcast. For more details on Alongside, including show notes, past episodes, and more, you can visit alongsidepodcast.com. I'm your host, Mike Crump. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you'll join us next time as we continue to come alongside other followers of Christ to hear their stories of God's goodness and grace.